They're on a tear, well over 8,500 paying customers, did about between 500, maybe close to 570, but below, less than 600 grand in monthly recurring revenue last month. That would have been April of 2017. They've raised almost $20 million total. Their last round was for 12 million at about a seven to 8X multiple. Again, Alan's a sharp guy, Clipfolio's the company. Again, their team growing rapidly up there in Ottawa, Canada to help you build smarter, better, and higher utility dashboards. This is episode 710. Coming up tomorrow morning, we interview Daniel Fagella, who talks about how he's bootstrapped his way into Silicon Valley. But first, here's today's episode. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Alan Ville. He is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Clipfolio, a SaaS, that's software as a service dashboard company with over 8,500 paying customers, including Jet.com, Zendesk, Aviva, and Ikea. He previously co-founded a company called SBL, an internet device software firm that is now publicly traded on the TSX. He lives in Ottawa with his wife and two daughters. Alan, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, for sure, Nathan, always. We were joking here, and those of you listening on audio can see this on YouTube. I was joking before. I said, Alan, this wallpaper behind you, it looks like you're in a, in a bathroom stall in your fancy office chair, but this is wallpaper, huh? It's it's just wallpaper, and and all of our all of our meeting rooms have got different wallpaper. So you know, I mean, it depends on which one you're in. But I mean, this one's kind of cool. But I hope it doesn't look like I'm, I'm in some bathroom stall. But you know, maybe that's the start of life, right? Hey, maybe. May, listen, I would run with it. I'd say it's a great storyline, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So okay, uh, tell us what Clipfolio does quickly, and then uh, we'll jump into some of the numbers. Sure, sounds good. So uh, we're a online dashboard vendor, uh, cloud-based dashboard vendor. We've got the fortune of working with uh, lots and lots of small and mid-sized businesses, um, thousands of them, 8,500 of them around the world, uh, who really use Clifolio to monitor all the things uh, that matter inside of their business. So their sales metrics, their marketing metrics, their support metrics, inventory, you name it, uh, we can pull it in and then display it on a on a dashboard. Mm -hmm. So so I, just so you guys understand, I use Clipfolio pretty aggressively. I have a little monitor, actually, you can see it behind me here. I turn it off when, I, when I'm doing the shows because it throws off glares, but I always have it right up, actually up here. It's called, they have a dashboard called the Facebook, Facebook Engagement Dashboard. And right now I'm doing tons of live streaming stuff on Facebook and I use that Clipfolio dashboard to basically check out all that data really real time. But Alan, I'll have to, I have to confess to you though. Um, mine, can you guess the, uh, the, the, the number one place I am when I'm looking at a Clipfolio dashboard? Oh, on your mobile, probably. No, but can you guess the location? Like where actually? I don't know. In your office? On I, I... the toilet. When what? I have because no, you have so much free time. You have so much free time. And there's nothing better than popping up your phone instead of getting oh. on Facebook on your toilet, you open up your clipfolio dashboard. So so Nathan, you you know that our user experience team, I mean, they're responsible for all the user stories and all the user journeys, <laughs> right? So I, I should I should probably walk up there right after this call and say, listen, have you considered this story? Because this is important, right? So listen, people, you know what? That's, don't, that's people don't want to admit it, but 
there's a lot of mobile consumption that especially business consumption that happens on the toilet it's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning when you want to take a break at lunch you got to use the restroom and people i mean i love looking at my dashboard metrics when i'm in the bathroom it's quiet it's a great place right, to well, focus the truth heard here first on the top with nathan there you go now alan we had you back on no we had you on about four or five months ago and on january 22nd you had told me at that point you passed about seven thousand customers you're now just four months later you said up above 8500 is that right yeah that's right that's right and from a funding perspective i assume you probably haven't raised more capital you have about 20 million raised total yeah that's right so in january we announced a, a 12 million dollar uh, raise uh that was actually uh, an inside round uh from our existing investors so we were totally thrilled about that. I mean, it really signals a lot of confidence uh, in what we're doing, uh, you know, in the, the market opportunity. So, yeah, that was the last round. That was a Series B round, uh, and that came together really, really nicely. And was there any, I mean, was there any moment, Alan, as you went through that process where you said, you know what, maybe I take this valuation and go create some competition with my inside investors and go see if Salesforce will make an offer to match the valuation? I mean, did, did, so, how do you evaluate those, that thought? Well, the initial plan, so in the fall when we started our roadshow, the initial plan was to go out and raise an external round. Um, and we actually had uh, some amazing discussions with some top-tier investors uh, in Boston, uh, in the Valley, uh, likewise here in Canada as well. And at the end of the day, um, we got a call. Um, I think this was sort of mid-November from our existing investors who said, "Listen, we want to do a preemptive preemptive round. You know, we're really bullish on this, mm -hmm. uh, and we want to we want to continue uh, taking this forward." Mm -hmm. So we did use market to validate, and we had you know actually a number of interested parties that got pretty far with us, even as the insiders were putting a uh, putting a, a term sheet in place. Mm -hmm. So we did feel like we had a really good sense of what was fair, what the valuation was we were getting. But nobody, nobody, that. no outside suitor came close to offering to buy the company for anywhere near the valuation that inside investors gave you. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes and no. Um, we actually got we actually got some verbal pointers that um, actually His actually face is saying those are actually verbal offers, but he has to be diplomatic, so he's saying pointers, but verbal offers. Sure. You know, that, that, that were actually far more lucrative, but there, there was some math and some obligations that came along with it that, that at the end of the day, it just didn't make sense. Like what? So were we, oh, I think, I think the, uh, the valuation multiples uh, for some of, the, uh, some of the terms that we were considering were just, were just far too rich. Uh, and, and what that means is that for your next offer and the one after that, you, you almost set yourself up for an impossible, an impossible mission. Oh, so these weren't <laughs> acquisition offers. These were investors giving you term sheets Correct. at really rich valuations. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. I mean, we've had, we've had, we've had some, some acquisition discussions as well, but you know, nothing has really gone far enough. I mean, Nathan, we're, we're having so much fun um, that, you know, we're, we're not looking to be acquired right now. So yeah, we'll entertain those conversations, but I think we really want to, we want to really continue building this up and really building value into the company. Alan, what gives you the ability though, to, to resist that or, and I'll, let me describe this urge in a second, right? So I think last time you came on, you said you had raised 12 million and it was something you were, you were vague, but you said something around a $45 million pre-money valuation, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so you felt what you just told me is you had offers of VCs that were giving you even richer valuations, but maybe the terms were a two X liquidation preference instead of a one X liquidation preference, or there were some backfill terms you didn't like, even yep. though they offered yep. higher valuations. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's correct. Exactly. Exactly. So, so my follow-up question to that is, you, you mentioned you have had some actual acquisition offers, not 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 offers to invest at a higher valuation, but acquisition offers by bigger companies. Is that true? Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't actually call them offers yet. Uh, I mean, you, you probably know as well as I do, it, it's a dance. Yeah. Um, and what always happens first is you get you get a call from usually somebody in product. So product management reaches out. And, you know, they say something like, hey, we're interested in learning more about your tech and, you know, potentially we're interested in a partnership. Um, so you, you have a couple of discussions, right? And it sort of feels uh, like it's uh, an acquisition type of talk, but it's with the PM team, right? And then maybe it gets a little bit deeper and maybe they bring in some biz dev or some corp dev folks. And as soon as they do that, you know, it's it's going down one path, right? And they're, they're being, you know interested in what the business is all about and the opportunity for an acquisition. So it doesn't always, but, you know, we've had those kind of conversations. And and I think in, in every one of those conversations, you want to layer how much information you present to the, to the other company. Mm-hmm. So with every conversation, you have to be a little guarded, right? But you present a little bit more in good faith, but we've never, we've never gotten to any sort of any sort of formal discussion where there's actually an offer on the table. Uh, we've had a lot of the, you know, the, the phone has been ringing, but we really haven't moved it forward just because we're not, we're not in a position where we're interested in selling. And what are the, so, so you mentioned you're at 70 or sorry, 8,500 paying customers. Are they still your last time you said your ARPU was about a hundred bucks a month. Is that the same? Yeah, that's right. So um, customers come in at roughly, Seventy dollars. Uh, that's kind of their first, um, the first bundle that they buy on average, and then over a course of about twelve months, they move up to about one hundred and fifteen dollars. So you're doing about eight hundred and fifty grand in monthly recurring revenue right now. No, I wouldn't say quite that much, um, but uh, but somewhere in that neighborhood for sure. Okay, but but uh, let's just put a bottom on it. More than seven hundred grand uh, on a monthly basis. Yeah. No, um, not yet. My ma- well, tell me where my math is wrong. So I'm taking 8,500 customers times 100. Is your ARPU yeah. actually lower than that? Yeah, so there are a couple of those customers are, of course, uh, clients of partners, right? So clients and partners can either be paying us uh, directly or they're paying via the partner. And the partner, channel oh. does get a, the partner channel does get a discount, right? So 35% of our revenue comes through the partner channel, which is really awesome and healthy. So 8,500 paying customers, yes. But it's not all exactly the same. I see. That makes sense. So, what was revenue last month? Oh, uh, we're 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 doing about in between five and, and six. Okay, probably close to six right now. Got it. Fair enough. Good. And then, so so here's my next question for you. You raise at a forty five million dollar pre money valuation. You raised twelve. So what is that? Fifty seven post or something like that, or fifty five yep, yep. post. Um, it's doing six hundred grand a month. You're doing at about six million kind of run rate. You know. So what's that like? Almost ten x, uh, right? Your your multiple. Do you ever get nervous about growing into that valuation? Right. The risk is you end up for whatever reason going flat, and you can never sell for anything where you as a common shareholder actually make money, or any of your employees in the equity pool actually make money because investors get their money back first yeah so our, our valuation multiple wasn't quite there it was closer to in, it was in between a, a seven and an eight uh which i think is about which i think is about right uh, yep. and this is so if we were to back up some of the other vcs that we we're chatting with in this process they they were putting terms in place that had significantly higher valuation multiples and now the, the the logic will say, well, we'll go for it, right? Um, because you're you're seeing less dilution, you're getting a bigger bigger check. But you're right; you have to sort of be able to sustain and grow into that at the next round. 
So a bigger valuation multiple is not always what you want. I'm yeah. always I'm always a big big fan of it's got to be fair for both parties, and, and that includes the terms as well as well as the valuation multiple. You know, but you have to be able to grow into that, and you know the next round after that. So I think you really want to want to choose something that you feel confident, bullish about, optimistic about, but it's not too too much of a stretch. Do you have uh, uh, clips set up in a Clipfolio dashboard with all of your valuation offers kind of tracking the investors over time? You know what? I actually didn't. I, I just used a Google spreadsheet. For that, right? So, uh, you know, that, that's totally fine. But everything else, anything else in Clipfolio is basically being tracked, you know, on the dashboard. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, we've got these big boards throughout the office as well for sales and marketing and support and dev and, and all the rest. But no, tracking tracking the VCs and the offers and the discussions, I did that inside of a Google sheet. That's funny. Yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, Rand Fishkin uses you. I, yes. I'm, I'm come across Rand because portfolio or penguin uh actors no his portfolio random house actually just bought my book deal and they are also obviously okay. working with yeah. him and then i came across the rand fishkin dashboard so there's a lot of i mean you have a lot of people using these dashboards whether it's for google analytics or paid facebook ads or paid google yeah. ads or engagement or onboarding tactics or things like that what's the weirdest use case you have oh the weirdest use case uh you know that's a, that's a really interesting question I, I don't know about weird use cases but we do have a lot of uh, ngos uh or, or, or non-government organizations who are using it you know to push some of their metrics out so the the international red cross for example used it for all the flooding they used it for the zika virus they used it for you know the uh the the um um uh, the stuff that's happening in, in in Africa, right? So there's a lot of information that they're sharing as well using Clipfolio, you know, that isn't really business information, but it's really important for that information to get out and get out in real time. So I don't know what the weirdest one is, but I mean, with so many dashboards, I'm sure there's all sorts of odd stuff that people are using that yeah. we haven't even dreamt up, right? Talk to me real quick about churn. Last time it was three, we spoke, it was 3% monthly. Is it still the same or have you got better? No, it's actually, it's actually gone up a little bit and I'll tell you why. Uh, so 4%? Out, no, not, no, no, not quite, not quite there, okay. but it has gone up slightly and I'll tell you why. And, and so everything is in context, right? So we started advertising quite a bit uh, in, on, on Facebook, on AdWords. So we've upped our, our budget quite a bit. Like how, and, Alan, know, give us context there. I mean, are we talking hundreds of thousands or 10,000 or what? Yeah, so we've upped it to about 120,000 per month. Uh, per month, that's yep. right. Uh, and there's actually an awesome article on our website that talks about the lessons learned in in Facebook advertising. Oh, great, guys! We'll link, we'll link to that for sure in the show notes at nathanlaka.com forward slash the top seven ten. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good crunchy uh, learning in there. But of course, what it does is you know it's increasing our growth rate, which is good. But the other thing that it does is it brings in more people that are higher up in the funnel. And, you know, I think you'll always find that any kind of organic or direct traffic is usually there's lots of intent and people are ready. And as soon as you start pushing on the, the gas and you start advertising, you get a slightly different mix. Yep. Now, it's still important and it's important from a growth point of view, but you have to acknowledge that one of the outcomes, one of the negative side effects is going to be that your conversion rate will probably drop and your churn will probably go up a bit. Yep. And that's normal. That's totally okay. So I think just understanding what happens when you sort of you know switch some of these dials and gauges uh, is important. And what are you, what's your CAC right now? Uh, the CAC is uh, the CAC is still totally healthy. So I mean, we're still looking at you know sub or, or higher than uh, 
I think twenty five grand, um, twenty five hundred dollars. You know, you so for your take life, you mean for your lifetime value is twenty five hundred? Uh, yeah, sorry, that's right. So CAC is still around seven hundred dollars, seven hundred or eight hundred dollars. Um, so we're yep. still running very very efficiently. Um, so LDV to CAC is still relatively healthy, although that's come down a little bit as well as we spend more on advertising. Sure. And then our CAC payback period as well is is still sub twelve, which is awesome. So, you know, I think you need to look at all of those things in, in concert and try to figure out, you know, what's happening and why is it happening and, and do I need to adjust? And what's your team size? Last time we spoke, it was 75. Uh, we're probably about, uh, it's hard to tell these days. We just had three, three new people start this morning. So, <laughs> so I, think we're, I think we're about 90. Yep. Um, do you, we're actually do you know everyone's in... name still or no? Of course. Uh, of course <laughs> he says with a big smile. <laughs> of course. We're actually we're actually moving into a, an awesome new space in November. Uh, it's an old movie theater. Um, they've leveled the floor, but it's just this gorgeous space downtown Ottawa. So we're working with the architects right now, and, and that should be able to hold up to about 130, 140 people. Um, so, it, you know, it can't come too soon. I'll have to come visit Ottawa and check it out. That sounds very cool. Uh, it's going to be a super, super spot for sure. One of the themes, guys, I have on this show is I have very successful people at selling information on. People like Amy Porterfield, uh, people that have online membership courses. And many of you will direct message me and email me and sometimes of you even text me and said, Nathan, how do we do all this? How do we do the email marketing for a course? How do we handle the payment? How do we put the membership login on our website? You know, how do we get the course information organized quickly and easily? Well, the tool that people are using, and a lot of people are using this, you can see at NathanLacka.com forward slash course. That's NathanLacka.com forward slash course. The trial is nice and free, which I love if you're like me. I just want to log in, tinker around, figure it out myself, and then decide if I want to use it or not. So it's NathanLacka.com forward slash course. This is the most straightforward way I've seen to launch your course. So you don't have to go buy 10 different pieces of software like email marketing plus payment plus a bunch of other stuff. It's all in one. The trial is totally free. NathanMicah.com forward slash course. Go there now. I'll see you there. Awesome. All right, Alan, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? You know what? I just read one that is absolutely amazing. Um, the author is David uh, Lappin, and the book is called uh, Lead by Greatness. Number two so is there... I highly recommend it. Lead by Greatness. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, no. Uh, I mean, I read a ton of stuff, right? And I'm always sort of learning about, you know, different things. I would say the one that I'm, I'm, I'm chatting with maybe most is right here in town. I just had lunch with Toby Lutka from Shopify. You know, so Toby's a huge uh, um, uh, asset that we have here in town. So, you know, definitely, uh, definitely following him and seeing what he's doing. And number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? You know, the one that I love is uh, there's, there's this little Chrome plugin that allows me to check out um, uh, SEO stats of, of, of different websites. I don't know what it's called, SEO Plus or something like that. So, I mean, I check that one out all the time. I go to competitive websites or even if I'm sort of checking out if a, if a company is legit, I want to know what their traffic patterns like. Are they actually getting folks in, right? Is there, is there buzz? The other one that I'll have to sort of um, uh, tip my hat to is Owler. Uh, I'm just totally amazed at their growth story and how 
how well their user experience is. So just a, a very, very cool sort of competitive analysis uh, platform. Yeah, guys, and the Our Story is a fascinating one. Uh, you it can totally check is. out Jim. I had him on my show. Yeah. Uh, it's Competitive Intelligence. I had him back about a year ago. They raised $19 million. They went from zero to 1 million active users very, very quickly. He also sold his first company, Jigsaw, to Salesforce for about 160 million bucks. We talk about in the episode that in the episode at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top four, three, three. Smart guys over there. Alan, how old are yep. you? I am uh, 43. And how many hours of sleep are you getting every night on average? You know what? I'm, I'm getting enough. I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer that you've got a, you've got a health hack your way through being an entrepreneur, right? You've got to find time to sort of like I cycle to work uh, every day, you know. So that's my way of sort of. So how, how many hours though would you say on average? Uh, sleep. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting like maybe six and a half, seven hours a night. That's good. Okay. And what's That's your good. Si- situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, married and I've got uh, two daughters. Two daughters. And Very good. Awesome. All right. Take us home, man. Take us back 23 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? 20, my 20 year old, 20. So I would have, I would have not. So in my first company, we raised like 50 million. Um, and that was probably when we were about uh, 20, 22, something like that. Uh, I think I think I probably would have said, listen, build something of value and then see if you can raise money. And really back then, and I mean, the whole world was doing it. You know, everybody was raising money and then we tried to figure out how to make it work. Yep. There you guys have it. Build value first and then figure out how you want to make money from, again, Allen with Clipfolio. Uh, they're on a tear, well over 8,500 paying customers, did about between 500, maybe close to 570, but below, less than 600 grand in monthly recurring revenue last month. That would have been April of 2017. They've raised almost $20 million total. Their last round was for 12 million at about a seven to eight X multiple. Again, Allen's a sharp guy. Clipfolio is the company. Again, their team growing rapidly up there in Ottawa, Canada to help you build smarter, better and higher utility dashboards. Alan, thank you for taking us to the top. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nathan. If you enjoyed Alan today, go back and listen to Blake yesterday, who breaks down how he's gotten 17,000 people to use his mobile app to manage their wardrobe more efficiently.